Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 37. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have Kevin James Gonzalez. He is a black belt in jiu-jitsu from Checkmat, and he has over 30 years' experience as an entrepreneur in the mortgage and real estate business. He talked about the importance of residual income and multiple revenue streams. He mentioned how skills pay the bills and building relationships, which inspired the title of the podcast, Building Your Relationships. Make sure to stick around for my final thoughts after the interview when I share with you a couple of stories and a concept from one of the most influential books of all time that will help you during the process of building your relationships. Stay tuned right after Liv's Jiu-Jitsu's message. Woos. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and in the United States who offer free jiu-jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donates all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.livejujitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Kevin James Gonzalez. Kevin James is a black belt in jiu-jitsu from Checkmat, and he has over 30 years as an entrepreneur in the mortgage and real estate business. He's the founder and CEO of KJG Productions, which provides a social media platform for realtors. Kevin James hosts two live talk shows, Elite Influencers and Black Belt on the Move. He's a proud father of three, and his philosophy is guided by the words, let the integrity and actions of my life speak louder than any other words of my mouth. Kevin James, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Always see you on Facebook and Instagram and just doing your thing, staying busy. So that's why I reached out for you because I think it's a great fit for the show and for the listeners. So I know you'll be delivering some great information with them. Fantastic. Thank you. So how did BJJ show up in your life? Uh, so a uh, quick story. Um, back in, was it, early 2000s, I owned a big mortgage broker shop. Uh, I was going through a very difficult time right before the market crashed. One of my uh, employees happened to be uh, William Serapai, uh, who's also known as the Bull. He was a multiple time Muay Thai, uh, Thai boxer, uh, Thai fighter. And so he had invited me one day because I was really stressed out. And he was like, hey, you should come to the gym. Let's try some Muay Thai. I'll teach you what it is. So I was like, yeah, you know, let's go try it. And again, he had just been hired on as a loan officer. He was helping me. He was encouraging me. At that point, I was like 315 pounds. It was really, really overweight. And so he took me there. And so uh, I got my first taste of what that was like. And it was pretty painful. 
Uh, it lasted, I think, five minutes or something. And after that five-minute period, there happened to be uh, another class, uh, which was the jiu-jitsu at that time. I never knew what it was, didn't know what it meant. But I saw, like, wrestling. I was like, well, I wrestled in high school. Let, let's, yeah. Can I try that? Because it really took its toll. Uh, I didn't have any of the endurance. And he's like, yeah, try Muay Thai for a little bit. So I tried it for another probably two weeks. My legs were black and blue. I was sore. I was miserable. I was vomiting, throwing up terrible. I just did not like that experience. And he said, well, you know what? Now maybe you should go and try wrestling jiu-jitsu class. And I was like, yeah, let me go try it. And literally I walked on Dante and it was like, uh, it was like heroin. <laughs> the minute I walked on the mat, started to roll more my style. I wasn't kicking any bags. I wasn't getting black and blue. I was just grappling, like trying to let my and that was the very beginning introduction back then was Romeo Ram, uh, which is still the owners today, Batiste uh, Mansour, which we're very, very grateful. And uh, they, they kind of took me in and said, hey, you know, we really want you to stick with grappling. You seem to have a knack for it. Did you ever wrestle in high school? And I was like, absolutely. Like, what you did, you will change your life. And I was like, okay, let's go. And then shortly thereafter, uh, they brought in, uh, they had a tournament back then at the uh, Ontario convention center and it was like combined with the tattoo thing and it was like an exhibition and they had brought in this gentleman named Marcelo Mafra and so he had just arrived from Brazil and so I was like oh yeah so this was this open tournament back then it was just kind of no way class like let's just all get down and they were talking about him and I was like oh I was observing I was like yeah 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 I'm gonna watch and so I competed at that tournament and I won my first couple matches and then I came into having to meet Marcelo and I'm thinking to myself I'm big I'm strong I'm gonna smash this little scrawny guy he can't speak English I'm thinking like I'm gonna and I think I lasted 15 or 20 seconds and then for the rest of the time uh, I was just enamored with watching him devastate everybody uh, here in California at that event and I could not believe it was kind of one of those you know uh, Gracie moments where you watch somebody and you go oh my god this is in real and I was like please, 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 I need to meet him. Please, 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 I need to hire him. And at that time, uh, I had made arrangements to put him on a contract, and, and uh, that was my first introduction. And we had a translator, and it was great. And so here I am many, 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 a decade later, over a decade later, still with Marcelo, his first black belt. And I went from white to black with Marcelo Lapella. So that's right. great. Yeah, he's a great competitor. So yes. definitely great experience for you. And so how do you feel BJJ relate to life? So for me, uh, the BJJ connection, obviously, the things that you learn, as you know, as you go into the different uh, levels and experiences of BJJ, it's been absolutely really wonderful for me from a perspective of controlling my emotions, making sure that, you know, you lose the chips off the shoulder, learning how to be respectful, humble. Um, it's a really, really good way to, I think, deal with life on a day-to-day -day basis. Unfortunately, many people don't have an outlet. And what you find with jiu-jitsu is because of the love and respect and the camaraderie that you have on the mats and the discipline that it takes to be a good training partner. Uh, I've been very fortunate to train with the best guys in the world at the highest levels in the world to this day. And I think all of that transcends into my normal life. I'm very kind, very respectful. You know, the one thing uh, that I've always learned from Lapella when he got here is Boca Fechada, just keep your mouth shut. Let your jiu-jitsu speak for you. Never 
saying that the negative, just train, focus, train, focus, and let the actions. And that's why my, when you opened with my, my mantra, right, is let the integrity of my life and the actions speak louder than any words that could ever come out of my mouth. Because again, we're in a, in a, in a, in a world that, you know, it's about action. And so whether you're an entrepreneur, you must take massive action. To have businesses that are very successful requires discipline, uh, requires respect, integrity. It requires massive action. And that is not lip service. That is just do what you're supposed to do. I think that's a, a really important fundamental for the guys that are out there listening, regardless that jujitsu transcends every level. And my cure today, I don't know, you know, I have a bunch of books and I'm always public speaking, but I tell everybody when I see some say, hey, you know, I got this problem. I'm like, jujitsu is the cure. <laughs> I don't feel good, Professor KJ. Oh, you got a headache? Jujitsu is the cure. Oh, you're feeling overweight and kind of down? Come to my jiu-jitsu class. It'll cure you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got a broken arm? We'll fix that through jiu-jitsu. Come on. <laughs> that never happens again. So, like, I've been able to use uh, the philosophy and the principles that I've been very graciously over to learn. Uh, you know, I've been the international host for Checkmat. I got uh, our master, Leo Vieira, our founder, world famous, you know, brought him the family here. They stayed, lived with me in my home. Everybody has. Uh, you know, to to grow the sport, to grow the academy, to grow the love and community of how uh, wonderful jiu-jitsu is. And I'm really honored to, to have be a part of that to this day and, and hopefully lead and pioneer the way for the next generation of athletes that are coming, you know, back in 2011, 12, 13, as we grow in 14, 15, you know, the world has really changed. And so, when people ask me, uh, as you know, I'm in other industries, the building industry, the real estate industry, and I'm on the board of directors. So I always get the platform to have a voice and share my story, but I really do tie it back to how jujitsu has really significantly kept me calm when things go bad. Uh, it's taught me how to control my breathing, control my emotion when things don't go well with the client or in an experience, not to allow myself to get out of control. And uh, yeah, for, I think jujitsu in that aspect has truly impacted my life. It's made me a better father. It's made me a better brother. It's made me a better son, a better leader, better partner. And so it really, uh, I really count on it. And, and I'm very fortunate not to have any sustained major injuries. Um, but I know when I'm gone for a week out of it, man, I can't live. Like I can't breathe. Don't put it to speed. I got to speak. I'm like, I need, I need, <laughs> need to be on the mat because it's my way where I'm able to release and then gain, release and then gain and really purge that negativity or the stress or the fear of what's to come. Being on shows like this, you know, it's uh, always daunting because it's an honor. It's a privilege to have people uh, to take the time out of their busy schedules to listen. So I always want to be someone of contribution in their business. Very, very important. And that's what I love. I have traveled the world with jiu-jitsu and everywhere I go, uh, being not only a referee for the IBJJF for many years, but now just as a kind of mentor to a lot of people that say, KJ, you know, what is it and why is it? And I always say, listen, if you got jiu-jitsu, you can pretty much go anywhere in the world. And the brotherhood is absolutely wonderful. But you have to be respectful. You have to be willing. I don't care that I'm a black belt. I still mop the mats. I still help. I still, you know, take out the trash. It's, it's not about 
levels. It's about being a contributor and leading that way to say, hey, if somebody's gracious enough to welcome you into their home, you have to do your part. You have to. Even if they say, no, you don't need to. It's not about them saying, approving or not. It's about you having that discipline that I've learned in Jiu-Jitsu to pay respect to the sport, to the art, and to the people that help build it. So anything I can do to further. And you guys have a great leader, Leo Vieira, for those who are listening. We have people who maybe just brand new to Jiu-Jitsu. They don't know the history. Yes. And Leo Vieira, if I have to say, I grew up, I started Jiu-Jitsu in 1989, but my main years were the 90s in Jiu-Jitsu competition. And if I have to say, I don't like to put an order. But, and sometimes I, I have my top five Novo Nyon competitors. That's the team that I'm from. And I have top five competitors in the 90s that I really enjoy watching. And Leo Vieira is one of them. Right. Incredible Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> I've been watching him. I started noticing him more when he was a purple belt in the beginning of his purple belt that started, didn't have that many tournaments back then, no right. footage, you know? So it's not like you see everyone competing. you kind of, sometimes you glance, you see someone different on the mat. Like, man, that guy, every time I see him, he's, you know, <laughs> he's doing really well. Yeah, yeah. So that's a guy that I admire a lot, you know? So a yeah. great leader that you have. Now, thank you. What did, uh, what does spark you becoming an entrepreneur? You know, when was the moment that you you had a spark to pursue your vision? You know, my vision and my dream, I think, was uh, right before when I was like uh, 19 years old, I worked for a company called Pro Sound Stage Lighting. I'll never forget, rest his soul. His name was William uh, Detman. He was the owner, and I worked for him diligently. Back then, I was really about sales, and I was doing like the Tom Hopkins sales training, and then I became a trainer, and, and I was really all about corporate America trying to build an organization. And I think I'll never forget, that's one of the stories I share in one of my books that back then I remember I was kind of destined to uh, meet these sales goals and quotas and I did. And I never loved the fact that every time I'd make it, people would find a way not to reward you or to push the bar the next week. So again, you were only as good as your last sale. And the reality is, is I just got to a point where I grew up that my parents were very encouraging for me to live my vision because I come home and I'd be upset saying, listen, they set this goal. I hit the goal. And guess what? Next week it's 20% higher. So they're always pushing for more and not paying more, but they want more. And my father had said to me, he said, son, listen, the only way to do that is you got to work for yourself. If you really believe in what you're saying, if you really believe that this is not who you are and you don't want to support that cause, then fight for your own cause, which means uh, there's no one. It's on you. You have to do what you have to do, which means you have to study. You have to be open to listen to people that are smarter. You have to be open to willing to invest in yourself. You have to be willing to sacrifice and work longer hours. But in the end, it's for you. And so I have been uh, unemployed every day for the, for the last <laughs> four years <laughs> or 30 years of my life um, as an entrepreneur because the reality is no matter what um, business you build every day as an entrepreneur, when you wake up, you're pretty much unemployed. You got to find it. And so there's some great years. I had some tremendous years in the early uh, 2000s with the real estate market. I made a fortune, had five offices, 100 um, more employees. And it was a money, money making machine. And then bam, divorce. Bam, the market crashed. And everything I tied was not good, Poor, horrible business planning. Hor there was no planning. He was kind of living by the seat of my pants. 
it was very obnoxious. It was very, it was very Kardashian, um, but it had no sustainability. And so that's part of the problem is you're living way beyond your means. You're hoping that you got, you know, the market in a corner and you realize, yeah, that doesn't happen. So here I am in my fifties and now, um, Things are much, much different. This go around, this next, uh, what I call opportunity for me in my life versus, you know, um, the uh, the people that come against me, right? The the the, the opposition, if you will. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of the opportunities and, and I got to create a nest egg for me and my legacy and what I'm going to do for me and my future and my family. And so uh, I don't need, you know, all the crazy stuff that I thought I used to need when I was in my thirties, because I think we all as entrepreneurs, you know, Dante, a lot of people that are in business for themselves do it for a couple of interesting reasons, but the, the top three are always the same. You know, I want my time. I want to make a lot of money. I want to have freedom. Those three are the primary, you know, time, money, and freedom. The challenge with that is, is that you're not free. So entrepreneurship is not a free pass. It requires more sacrifice. The difference is if it wins, you win big. If you lose, you lose big. So I think when I'm talking to people who are very encouraged in whether opening an academy, being a trainer, having a business, a car business, any type of business, you know, a vape business, CBD business right now, that's the next hot trend. Back then it was big, you know, Bitcoin. It doesn't really matter, but people have to realize that them, they are responsible for their efforts, their work, and their action. And a lot of times, it's very critical to surround yourselves like you're doing. You want to reach out to people who've already done it, who are doing it, that understand it can save you years of anguish by making poor mistakes. Because a lot of times, even in the real estate people, um, this is very common, somebody will do a transaction like last month, you know, you do a million dollar month, you make $38,000, now you're on vacation for three months. Now you come back, the money's gone, and now you have to start all over. That's not a business, and that's not wealth. So you put money away, and people have this illusion that if I put it away, put it away, but they don't invest it, it's dormant. That's not smart, right? So it's about owning, making money work for you. How do you build a business, regardless of what it is, that makes money while you sleep? That's the key. Residual income, multiple streams, that doesn't require a lot of effort. The challenge that I would share with you, Dante, is that many people build as entrepreneurs. They build a business around themselves. So, for example, they get in there, they grind it out for two years, and they don't let anybody else, they don't know how to delegate, they want to control it all. And that's fine. And they win. And they do a great job. Now, it's rainy season. They get a flu. They're down for two weeks. Their business, kaput. It's done. Non-existent. They don't understand that to really build a business that's going to generate that, you have to be able to delegate. Part of it is allowing yourself the comfortable to be confident in who you're surrounding yourself with. If you don't surround yourself with the right people, you don't need a lot of people. You need the right people. So it's not about, I'd rather go to war with three great committed black belts than 50 blue belts that don't even care, if you know what I mean. Right? It's about the passion. It's about the purpose. It's about really identifying what is it that makes you go? What is it that gets you up in the morning? And for everybody, it's different. The main point is making sure that as you're laying that foundation for your kingdom that you're going to build, that you do it with people who understand what that means to you and what it means to them. Because again, it's a family thing, right? 
you have to all win. It cannot be self-serving to one. It has to serve everyone. And the goal is, I would tell you after 50 years of being or 30 years as an entrepreneur, the more you can give to others, I promise you, I promise you, it comes back hundredfold and you won't even know it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to ask for it. It just shows up, but it starts with your intent. So if your intention is to come out as an entrepreneur, build a business, make sure that you're giving people the very, very best of you, your ideas, your creative process, your creative thoughts, and put that into action and not worry about, well, you know, if, if I was working with you or a mentor, you know, we, I hear a lot of this in my seminars and workshops, KJ, but I've been training them. And then six months later, they leave me. So what? That's okay. Move on. Like we, the problem is people are so afraid of somebody else. They're like, I can't, it's a secret. These are my, there's no secret. If you're committed, you got a good right. If your intention's right, you got integrity, you work your butt off, you show up with the right reasons. You're not hurting anybody. You're not taking advantage. You're not being manipulative. And you're giving yourself the very best. Then don't worry about it. That stuff will work itself out. The goal is to make other people grow. So at whatever cost, if you think they're going to be better and bigger than you, that you can't worry about that. You have to worry about what you're doing, where your heart's at, where, what foundation are you setting for them and your organization. I think that's important. That's great. Now, I want to point one thing that you mentioned on episode 14 with Mikey Gomez, the episode titled Turn the Negative into a Positive. That's basically what you did with all that happened with market and divorce and you'd not be where you're at right now in your life if you didn't go through that situation and you look as an opportunity for growth. And I feel that it's important people need to realize because we do have people who are listening who are entrepreneurs and we do have a lot of people in transition, people who are not happy with the corporate world. You know, you, you hear it every day. Every day, every day. Yeah. I see it, my minute. Yeah, and so this is uh, the ability that you need to have because some people maybe went through that or not maybe like 2009 or maybe different time and be like, ah, man, that's not for me. I need to go away. So that would be easy for you to say like, you know what? This entrepreneurship is not for me. Let me get back to a work. Even though I, I hate it, I'm going to do it. So I think it takes a lot of self-control and have a perception that this is a great opportunity for growth. And like I said, move on. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. They do. And so if, if I can give any words of advice, no matter where you're at today, it's not about, listen, don't tell me you don't have the money. Don't tell me you don't have the skill, right? Skills pays the bills. If you have a passion, it starts with that. People want to be around people that have passion. So the fact is, we all have to start somewhere. The problem, Dante, Professor, is, is that people have this unrealistic expectation. They want it to show up, do it for a week, and then go. It's like your white belt that comes to class and goes, hey, Professor, how long, when will I get my black belt? Is it like a week? Is it a month? Is it, how, what, what's it, why are we even asking that? Like, that's the wrong mindset. Did you come to get a belt or did you come to learn and be better, right? Because that's the same challenge that we face in jiu-jitsu and how we apply it in business. People don't understand you can never cheat the process. And if you come to me with an idea and that you're passionate about it, the world will respond accordingly. If you truly care, 
you will find a way. And if you if you're open to that, people will show up in your life that will help support and get that dream made possible. They want to be a part. Everyone wants to be a part of something greater. That's key. So start with the mindset of, look, I really want to do it. I understand what the opposition is. Money, time, energy, right? Because I got a family, because I got a job. None of that should come in your way. Just because you work eight hours a day, give your best at the eight hours. And then when you get home, focus on your business and find a way to do it. Don't give me an excuse. I'm, I've, I've come from nothing. Literally, I came from nothing. Poverty. My family, my father died, left us nothing. It left us with debt. I've had to come from a divorce from a very high status and go belly up down to the medical office and stand and collect welfare. Do you know what that is for me? I can honestly say I'll never forget that experience. I know what it's like to have your brand new Mercedes repossessed in front of your house at 4.30 in the morning in front of all your neighbors because it's embarrassing. That's the reality. But being able to overcome that and say, listen, it's just a bump in the road. Things, things, cars, houses, watches, jewelry, trips, that doesn't define us as people. It is about relationship. So if I can share anything with any of the listeners today, Build your relationships with people. That's the key. Don't talk about what you want to buy and how you want to go. And that's not important. That's not what people remember you. What people remember is like you come to my house. Oh, my God, what a wonderful experience. We got to train together. Then we went and had fun together. And I've had everybody through here where we train really hard. Then we go to Disneyland. We train really hard. We go to the snow. We train really hard. We go to the beach. We train really hard. We get on a plane. But it's never about the things. It's not where we ate, how we got there. I think for me, what I remember most is the conversations. And I think that entrepreneurs today that are in transition, that if they're sitting at home going, KJ, I'm in the Midwest, the economy's tough, uh, the federal government shut down, I'm tired of living under somebody else's strings, then take ownership and come up with a plan. And the main thing is you've got to be sold out. Like we did just like the journey you did, you have to show up every day. Rain, snow, hail, earthquake, you got to show up. There's no, there's no way to cheat the process. There's no way to start a business and go, oh, I'm in the CBD business because it's the hot trend and I made $50,000 this month. Yeah, bro, but you're 31 years old. You got the rest of your life. That money is going to come and go. That's not living. That's not, right? So we get because we're into this self-serving, we live in a society that's on demand. The whole world has changed how we buy from 30 years ago. Now, everybody's instant gratification. I want to come to class. It's the same thing. How do I relate it? Belt promotions. You know what happens every time we do a belt promotion and you see me do them all the time? Nobody, I haven't seen those people in months. And then I go, belt promotions next Saturday for that whole week. Everybody shows up. <laughs> You're like, what? And then everybody's like, why am I getting promoted? You know, and it's just sad because you're like, no, you're not. And then they get mad at you. Well, I'm here. I've been here for a week. You were here for six months. And it's not that I, I don't, listen, it's yours. You get to earn it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you a YouTube baker. Like we don't do that, right? You have to earn it, especially coming from Leo Vieira, Marcelo Mafra. Do you know how hard it is to get a black belt from them? You know, the work and years that you must sacrifice and you never get to talk about when it's going to happen. You just got to show up. 
And that's the same in business. You have to show up, but you have to be enthusiastic. You got to be excited about it. You have to have a love for it. You have to have respect for it and for your competitors. And you have to be open to the idea of surrounding yourself with people that know more, do more, can be more, so that they can use, you can use that as a check and balance, like you might in the right direction. And you got to find people that have really mentored that very well in the sense of you can measure it. If you can't measure it, don't do it. You've got to have measurement. So, for example, your, your viewership starts at one time when you started, you had one. Then you went to 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, 25,000. At one point, it'll be at 250. Then you'll get to a million. Those goals in every business, even in this, is important. You must measure your matrix. So if you're in sales, you got to measure your sales. How many sales call, average ticket sale, that's really important. If you're doing podcasts, viewership. How many engagement? We're looking to measure to make sure that the trajectory of where we're going is in the right direction. Now, as you mentioned, you're in your 50s right now, but how was your mindset back then when you're 19? Because when you go through that transition, you know, a lot of the fears, doubts, they will pop up. And again, a lot of the listeners are like sometimes not pulling the trigger because of those fears and anxieties. So my question is, how did you handle those fears and anxieties that popped up? That's a really great question. So I would tell you at 19, I was overweight, selfish, ignorant. All I wanted was two things, money, sex. That's it. At 19, that was what it was. It was like, I wanted to drive a nice car, have a nice hot girlfriend or girlfriends back then. And then I was being obnoxious. I had no discipline. I was overweight. I was eating my emotions because I wasn't really fulfilled, unhappy, right? And so I would tell you now, between now being 50, raising three kids, good kids that are in college that I'm very proud of, it's been a journey. It's not been easy. I've had more failures. Let me clarify this. I have had 10 times failure more than I have wins. The pain of failing is kind of like going to the gym. I'm not proud of it, but it would not have allowed me to be the man I am today and to own the responsibility of saying, look, I failed. I failed my family, I failed myself, I failed my wife, I failed my marriage because I am a victim of divorce, right? And I don't say victim, the reality is, is that my actions for being immature and insecure is what caused that divorce. Because I wasn't man enough to face me. I wasn't man enough to accept my own responsibility. The greatest gift that Jiu-Jitsu has given me, if it's given me anything, is to own my shit excuse my French, but it's to own who I am as a man and the things that I do and the things that I say, Jiu-Jitsu has made me deal with the realities and the confidence of who I am. And as I have fell in love with Jiu-Jitsu, and there's a joke running around, everybody's like, yeah, who's your wife, KJ? You're married? Yeah, I'm married to Jiu-Jitsu. Because it has demonstrated, even to this day, Professor, how much I must face and own my own actions, lack thereof, or things that I'm doing moving forward. And I think being able to tell people, look, I failed as a father. I failed in my marriage. I failed in multiple businesses. But I've always found a way to accept responsibility, own it, forgive myself, and then find myself educating through education, through book reading, 
through mentorship, through investing money. Listen, if you're not willing to bet on your own business, regardless of the size of it is, if somebody said, hey, Dante, I need you to spend 200 bucks on this for you, and you're like, "Eh, I don't want to do it, and it's for you, then how in the hell do you expect somebody else to give you any kind of money for that? Do you know what I mean? And that's the biggest challenge, Dante, is that people do not understand that if you're not willing to invest into yourself and your own business, how could you, in God's name, rightfully, respectfully, with integrity, walk out and go, I won't bet on me, but I'm asking you to put all your savings into my idea. That doesn't work. It starts with you. That's why I say it's not about money. It's not about status. It's not about any of that. Just have passion. Be committed. Those are the two very key critical things and then take massive action. So one of the questions that I have here is what is your worst entrepreneurial experience and what you learned from it? So you basically, you just broke that down. Now, what would you say if you had, if you go, go back in the past and you have a chance to have one conversation with Kevin when he was 19, say, Hey buddy, I'm coming here from the future. I'm just going to give you one advice, you know, what it would be. Not that, you know, you want it to change because, again, you are where you are right now because of the journey that you've been through. But I'm saying like, hey, it's like you, uh, the same way that I talk with my, my son is 18. So when I talk with him, I imagine me talk with my 18, like, dude, <laughs> i tell you this. This is what I'll do. Yes, so yes. What would you tell the young 19 Kevin? Like, yo, let me tell you something real quick, what that would be. Uh, again. What I've learned, value every relationship. Respect, value every relationship. Regardless if it serves you, doesn't serve you, respect people and the relationships that you have with people. Because in this life, it's not about what you have. It's not about who you kind of know. I think it really comes down to in the end when things get very difficult uh, relationships really kind of come to the forefront. Who stands by you when you're at your worst? Then they definitely deserve you at your best. So I would say to myself, there's a lot of things that I took for granted, people I took for granted, and I own that. You know, I heard a lot of people coming up with money, having offices, making ridiculous amounts of money. It was it was ridiculous, and everybody knew, and it was known as the you know, you were just, I was just a shark. I was eating everything. I had my hands in everything. It was making more money than I know how to spend it. And then you get pretentious. You get like a Heidi, I'm high. Nobody can make the money. Look at me. I made a hundred thousand dollars this week. This month I did half a million dollars cash. Screw everybody. They don't know what they're doing. I'm the shit. Like you walk with this chip, like, and that people think the people that were around me, loved me for who I was. They didn't care whether I was making money. So if I could tell myself the younger, respect the relationship. It is everything in life. Because when you're sick and dying in bed, it's not about can I go buy another car? Can I go make more money? It's going to be about who's by my side. Who, you know, how, how can I have lunch with Dante? How can I say thank you? How can I let you know that I love and appreciate you? How do I show by not words, but by action that you're important? And it's not tied to a thing, a thing, meaning materialistic. The problem, Dante, is we're all consumed with this. I want to go in this business because I see they make money. If you ask people why they come, even to this day, what do you get in the real estate business? Money, time, freedom. 
but they lose sight of what that really is. They don't understand it. They say it because they've been conditioned to believe that if you're successful, it's money, time, and freedom. But you're not free. You work for you. So the minute you got to understand when things go good or bad, it's going to come down to people. That If I'm going back and I'm telling myself the relationships matter because when you have the right people in your life, life is a beautiful thing. And it's never predicated on economy. It's not like, oh, the market crashed today. Who cares? My relationships are still beautiful. The people that are with me, know me, love me, it shouldn't change. And that's what I would focus on. Beautiful. So what is the one high performance habit that helped you progress in your life, in jujitsu, in business, something that you, you do it every day? Show up. I can't say it enough. You got to show up when I'm in pain, when it's cold outside, when I get up. The one thing that I've always loved about my coach, Marcella Mafra, um, you know, you put yourself in a position that says, if you don't show up, there's a huge price to pay. And that has to mean something, and it's different for everybody, right? So one of the high-performance habits telling myself before my feet, one, I give God all the glory. I praise God for every day, every opportunity, because he is my faith, my rock, and my source. But more importantly, it's about making sure that you show up. Because it's those days where you don't feel like training, and then you train, you're really glad you did. Because that's what it took to be a world champion multiple times, right? I couldn't win those championships I had to do more. I had to be more. Not for anybody else, but for myself. And the hardest thing it is, is to face your own fears and get out of that bed that's nice and warm and cozy and go, fuck, it's 30 degrees, it's snowing, but I got to drive for 30 minutes in the snow. And then I got to go into a room that's like 35 degrees and I got to train. And everything in your body saying, you don't need it, don't do it. But when you show up, it's like work. When business isn't great, you still show up. You're still enthusiastic. And in the end, when you look back, you're going, the one thing that I did is I showed up. To be on this show, how many years? It's been a legacy. It's 10 years to get here. And I'm still, I haven't even taken off. But it's showing up. Like you said, you've been watching me for a long period of time. If I showed up for two days on the internet, that's not going to impress anybody. The reason people ask us and the reason I believe today that we have a lot of success in our events is because I've been showing up. I do all kinds of things consistently. Consistent, consistent, consistent. It may not be the greatest, but I'm consistent. And one thing I've learned about people, they love the fact that I'm consistent. So they know when they look back, they're like consistent KJ. We know you're going to show up. We may not like it, but you do show up. <laughs> we got to give you that. So what is the best advice you've ever received? And you can use jujitsu, life, anything that you can think of. Well, my best advice would be my faith. Keep God at the focus. At but the as far as like the you have received. Oh, the, advice the best advice I've received? I would say, I would say, keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like Marcelo used to say, you know, a lot of guys like to do a lot of blah, 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 blah. I just think at the end of the day, let, let the integrity of your actions of your life speak for you. And that was one of the advices I had early on that, you know, you know how we get, right? It's just like, well, this team, that say nothing, man. Just keep your mouth shut. Like if you have nothing nice to say, why say it? Like if you want to pay somebody a compliment all day long. But I, I think the best advice that I've been given by my mother is always be kind. That's like, 
just be kind. If you're going to say something, be respectful and be kind. Be kind to the people because you never know what battle they're fighting. Just because they're not crying, just because they're not bleeding, doesn't mean they're not hurting. It doesn't mean they're not struggling. And I tell a lot of people, you know, people go, oh, my God, KJ, I love your life. Dude, my life, it's a struggle. Like, there's nights that I'm crying and I'm nervous. Why? Because life is happening. I have three grown kids. I have responsibilities, things that pan out that way. But at the end of the day, it's always about the best advice I've been given is just be kind. You got to be welcoming, be loving, because you never know as much pain as you're in. You know, uh, I would give you an example. I, I, I had this incident happen, and I'll just use this as a quick story. We were on the road, and we were on the way to the hospital, and somebody was in the parking lot driving like a madman, and people were honking and cussing and whatever. The guy leaves his car crooked, runs in the hospital, banging on the window. Everybody's like, he's a druggie, he's a druggie. And all of a sudden, the lady comes out. They call security. There's, you know, 60 people in an emergency. Everybody's got an important thing. And everybody's just mean, just blah, 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 this son of a blah, blah, blah. just horrible, horrible, right? And, and I'm sitting back there going, oh, my God, like, that's just not normal, right? Something's wrong. Like, you have to – that's what I love about, like, I'm calm. I'm like, something's not right. That's not normal behavior, right? And then the lady comes out, and she goes, I'm sorry, sir. Your wife just died. You missed her by a minute. And then you realize, like, the whole entire room, everybody backed off. Everybody kind of pulled away. People were apologizing. But you never know. You never know. And so it's the same that I tell people in the street. You know, you see somebody that's kind of crazy, getting crazy. Don't get crazy back. You don't need to flip them off. You don't need to engage in that nonsense. What you need to do is just give them grace. Like, maybe something, because we don't know everybody's story. But trust me, everybody's got a story. For sure. Now, what book would you like to recommend and why? Book that made an impact on you, of course, different moments of your life. Yeah, well, I use Blinkist. So on my phone, I do lots of book reading, as you guys know. I like Blinkist. Um, I'm a big Anthony Robbins fan. Uh, you, know, I, you know, Good to Great is a great book amazing when it comes book. Yeah. It's an amazing Jim book, Jim Collins, right? yeah. Jim Collins is an amazing book. Um, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell is another one of my favorite books. Uh, they are faith-based books, but the, it really is about the principles of leadership, uh, the principles of humility and being respectful and kind and having faith and really just putting your best foot forward. I love that leadership aspect of it. Um, again, I think as leaders, we can always be learning, always be growing. Uh, for me, that's important. So I'm, I'm constantly surrounding myself with some very gifted and talented professionals. And I'm grateful for that because uh, at the end of the day, I, I'm grateful to be at those tables, right? Uh, I'm grateful to be voted in on these boards that represent a huge part of the Latin community. Uh, to be a voice, to be appointed, not myself, but by other people saying, hey, you're the guy qualified for the gig. Uh, I take that very serious, which means that now I got to continue to be better, stronger. I have to learn more, do more, be more for myself because other people at this level, you know, it's a national thing. So it's a very big responsibility. And so I want to give my best uh, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, uh, as a realtor, you know, as a vice president, I want to give my best to the people that I'm representing. Uh, and I think that's important, you know, with character and integrity. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big conflict guy, you know, I only fight the battles that I know that are worth fighting. Um, but for the most part, I'm not into the, the, the chip, you know, the jibber jabber, 
side stuff. I, I just don't let people do that. And then when they do it to me, I just block them. And then people are like, why'd you block me? You're afraid. I'm like, dude, I ain't got time for that nonsense. <laughs> like everybody's entitled to opinion. I, I can't make everybody happy. I'm not going to, I have to do me. Kevin James Gonzalez has to be true to him, which means that I'm a failure. I failed. I got to learn. I want to grow. Like I got to work on me. I can't allow your opinions to be my reality. Like that's never going to happen. So whether people enjoy what my message is great, but in the end I try to serve others well. And by doing that, Dante, I feel like it comes back on hundredfold. Awesome. For all the listeners who are starting to get close to the end of the interview and after the interview, I share my final thoughts, which is some of the key points of the interview. And I create some content on my personal takeaway. So make sure that you stick around for that. So now, what are you currently excited about? What's going on? So let the listeners know. So what's going on right now is uh, several things. I'm finishing my new book. I don't know if you know, I got a bunch of books that I publish right in real estate. I have like 14 books, more money. My new book uh, is coming out next week. Uh, 2019, I'll be back competing for the first time. I broke 189 today. I'm going to try to fight at 85. I've been super heavy and ultra heavy for the last couple of years. I have a new academy for a company uh, that I train at five days a week. It's a brand new academy here in Rancho Cucamonga. It's for employees. And so it's the employees that come on their lunch break and they get paid to train. And That's so I have amazing. a contract. Uh, we built a brand new you know, stay the art facility. It's beautiful. It's on Facebook, Instagram. My students are committed to it. And then to watch my students come from a corporate thing and really fall in love with jujitsu and make it part of their lifestyle. That's really excited. I have another business. Uh, I was with Stephen Martinez this morning that we're working on a big project that we'll be announcing here in a couple of weeks. And so again, I'm continuing to find multiple ways of revenue stream because I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be uh, able to set up multiple revenue streams. Like right now, the real estate market is in a shift and it's not a bad thing, but it's not consistent. And so you need to have other revenue streams. And that's what I said, when you're able to build something that makes money while you sleep, whether it's a lot or a little, the main thing is that you have something else coming in so that you don't find yourself unemployed and you know uh, homeless. Uh, because again, a lot of people put all their eggs in one basket. And I think to some degree, when you start a business, you got to be committed to it. But for me, I've been in business for a long time. So I'm kind of all over the place, but I love multiple revenue streams. And in the end, I'm not doing it for money. I'm really doing it for my passion. Uh, again, life is short. So I'm doing things that bring me uh, fulfillment and make me joyful and bring me peace versus, oh my God, I have, you know, X amount a month. I, if I don't do this, like I can't live like that. I've done that already. My kids are grown. I put them all through school. They're going through colleges. Um, your, your purpose and your principles change as you get older and you find like, yeah, well, it's not so much about the big car. The car is not going to make it. And if it is, then that's not the kind of people I surround myself with. Right. So I want people who want to be around me because I'm a great guy and I have a great heart and we want to give and be contributors because in the end, as entrepreneurs, we all need each other. We need words of encouragement. We need inspiration. We need to be coached. And uh, I think that that's a really, really important point. That's awesome. And very similar to me, I, I have a lot of different ventures too. I'm uh, <laughs> like the shiny objects and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Oh, then a new project. So I'm always doing something different too. And very important with what you said that everything I do and seems like you do the same as everything needs to be aligned with 
with my values in congruence with what I believe or my mission is. And if it's not, I'll prefer not to, not to mess with it because as you mentioned, yeah, bring the money, yay, but you know. Uh, How many people what? you know that are successful, happy, and miserable? They got more money than they know what to do with in there. And then I have my friends that come from places that aren't as financially uh, rich, if you want to put that word right, yeah. or wealthy. But they're the happiest people in the world, and I love being with them because it's not about stuff. We could literally sit outside in the grass and have a good conversation, a great time, and share whatever drink and, you know, some pon de cash, and, and we're good. Like, it's just awesome, right? It's not about like, oh, we went through this great ex- – I, yeah, I get it. I, I do great experiences all the time. Praise God I do it at the expense of somebody else who finds value in what my business is, and they reward me that way. But it's not what I'm driving for. Like – you know what I mean? In my, I'm not, I'm not in my twenties anymore. I'm not trying to get the hottest chick. I'm not trying to have a family. Like I've done that. I'm a father now. I have to make sure that I leave a good example for my kids. And then, like I said, yeah, I've done more failures than I have successes. So when I do get a win, I try to really embellish in it because I don't get a lot of wins and I don't have all the right answers. I just know that I'm around the right people and that that's important. And it's okay to tell people, remove what doesn't belong in your life. I mean, you got to be okay with saying like, look, dude, I respect you, but we're not going down the same path. I'm going to Hawaii. You're headed to New York. I'm on a bus. You're on a boat. It's done. Like, it's okay. And not make it about, well, I'm better or whatever. Never do that. Never. We don't, there's no value in that. What you want to do is encourage other people because sometimes they need that little spark to feel like a champ. Because nobody may have told them how wonderful they are, how much you appreciate it. And then that's what they needed to. And then that makes me happy when people come back and go, you know what, KJ, I saw your shit and it inspired me. I didn't want to go and I did it. And and I'm like, cool. Like, you're doing you. And that's what matters. Like, we got to be okay with who we are. And then be open to the idea of we don't know everything. We don't have all the right answers. But... I can definitely find them. So when people ask great hard questions, I always say, that's a great question. Let me get back. And then it forces me to take responsibility to go learn something new because I think that's important, Dante. Absolutely. Now, just let us know how we can find you online and a final message to the listeners. So online, you can find me at kevinjamesgonzalez.com. On Facebook, kevin-jamesgonzalez. On Instagram, it's kjjujitsu. Uh, I do have multiple channels. So I have the Nucleus Agent on YouTube. I have my Foodie Friday shows, which is my restaurant show where I feature restaurants every Friday. Uh, Again, all these things I do complimentary. I never charge uh, the uh, restaurants that I interview. And it's just a way for me to give back to my community. I never ask for real estate transactions. I just let them know that I do real estate and I'm an area expert. And then what do you think happens? People call, go to a restaurant, call me, go, oh, shit, I I saw your thing. Are you raging? Yeah, I am. By the way, yeah. Are you interested in Biden? And it just sparks up a different conversation instead of like, hey, 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 right? So again, things that you can do to give value, affirmations, affirm, you know, five people that you talk to a day, affirm your students. Like I don't allow any negativity in my academy. So every day we're, uh, I make everybody clap and encourage another. So when one new person's struggling, the whole team's got to stop and encourage that one person. And I cannot tell you how impactful and wonderful that is. Same in business, same with my son's friends, my daughter's friends. I always try to pay a compliment or something because sometimes we just don't realize that they don't ever hear that enough or at all. And so I, I think that that's really one of those things that if I can say kind of pay it forward, just be respectful. I want to send a shout out to Bear at Show Your Roll. 
Yes, I'm still sir. like that ambassador. I've been there with them forever and I'm grateful to Bear and AJ and the team at Show Your Road. They've been so awesome and supportive and, and so I'm really grateful. And to every everybody in the community, the BJJ community, I'm thankful for all the friends that have come through my place and that I get to work with and train with as I go visit. And uh, my family, of course, my beautiful mother, you know, it's all, you got to honor your mom. I tell parents all the time, honor your parents. I don't care. My mom, it's my father passed, but my mom's here and she's 79. She's frail, but I love her with all my heart. My brother, sister, again, it's about acknowledging the people that stand by you, whether you win or you lose, it's not that they stand by you. And I think that's important, Dante. That's really important. Awesome. So thank you so much for the interview, Kevin. Really yes. appreciate it. And for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Oos. Oos. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Kevin James Gonzalez. He is a black belt in jiu-jitsu from Checkmat, and he has over 30 years experience as an entrepreneur in the mortgage and real estate business. He is the founder and CEO of KJG Productions, which provides a social media platform for realtors. It was a great interview. He dropped a lot of knowledge. He talked about the importance of residual income and multiple revenue streams. And he mentioned how skills pay the bills, which means invest in yourself because it will pay off. And my main takeaway from the interview was building relationships. He brought this point in different moments of the interview. However, when I asked him about a piece of advice that he would give to a young 19-year-old Kevin, he said, value every relationship, regardless if serves you or not, respect and value every relationship. Kevin mentioned that when he was younger, he didn't value relationships as he should have had. He stuck with the motto, time, money, and freedom, even if that meant costing relationships. And now, with a lot more wisdom, he can see the proper path. He shared with you about building your relationships, and Kevin has been building his in a lot of different ways, like his Fruity Friday restaurant show, where he doesn't make a dime. However, he builds relationships. He promotes different restaurants every week on his social media and let them know that he's a realtor and if anyone ever needs any help, he would be happy to help. Next thing, he gets a random call asking about his service. That is brilliant, by the way. Now, what about you? Are you interested in building your relationships? If so, these final thoughts are for you. Today, I'm going to share with you a simple concept from the bestseller with over 15 million copies sold worldwide. How to Win Friends and Influence People, written by Dale Carnegie, published in 1936. In 2011, the book was number 19 on Time's Magazine list of the 100 most influential books. Matter of fact, was the book's suggestion of the IBJJF Hall of Fame, Bernardo Faria, during episode 6 titled Obsessed for Success. The book is divided essentially in four parts. Part 1 is Fundamental Techniques in Handling People. Part two is six ways to make people like you. Part three, how to win people to your way of thinking. And finally, part four, how to change people without giving offense or arousing resentment. Of course, since it's too much information and I highly recommend you to read this book, I would like to share with you one principle from part two, which is six ways to make people like you. Maybe when you hear some of these concepts, you might say, come on, Gustavo, that's common sense, dude. That is so simple. I understand and I agree with you. However, 
common sense is not always common practice. And in the beginning of the book, he has a chapter called Nine Suggestions on How to Get the Most Out of This Book. And the number six suggestion was, quote, Learning is an active process. We learn by doing. So if you desire to master the principles you are studying in this book, do something about them. Apply these rules at every opportunity. If you don't, you will forget them quickly. Only knowledge that is used sticks in your mind, unquote. With that said, if you're trying to build your relationships, try to implement not only the concept that you are learning today, but also from previous final thoughts, books, interviews, and so forth. If you feel that makes sense to you, Applying your life as soon as you have a chance. And keep in mind what Carnegie said, only knowledge that is used sticks in your mind. So the title of the fourth way to make people like you, according to Carnegie, is an easy way to become a good conversationalist. At first I was, is that even a word? I get the point though, since English is my second language. I like to read next to dictionary.com, so I checked and there it was. A person who enjoys and contributes to a good conversation. Carnegie tells a few stories and in one of them he mentioned how he met a distinguished botanic at a dinner party given by a New York publisher. He had never talked to this person before and he found it fascinating. So he asked him questions about gardens since he did have some interest and he listened to him attentively. And that repeated for a couple hours. At the end of the party, the botanic then turned to their host and paid Carnegie several flattering compliments. He was this, he was that, he was a most interesting conversationalist. And Carnegie thought, quote, why? I had said hardly anything at all, but I had done this. I had listened intently, unquote. He was genuinely interested, and the botanic felt it, which is principle number one of the six ways to make people like you. Become genuinely interested in the other person. That is a great way to build your relationships. So what is the principle of the fourth way to make people like you? Be a good listener. Ask. Encourage others to talk about themselves in combination with being genuinely interested. It takes practice and is a good drill to keep our egos and our desires to say something all the time under control. As my mentor Joe Walden says, Gustavo, is not about you. It's about them. That's why in the podcast, I focus on you, the listener, so the messages that the guests share with you and the content from the final thoughts can inspire, impact, and improve your life in some way, and in this case, hopefully help you to take your relationships to another level. I totally relate to Carnegie's example of the botanic he met, and now I'm going to share with you my experience of actually utilizing his principle. Where were you on Thanksgiving week in 2018? Did you travel? Did you stay home? I hope you had a great one like I did. I was in Prescott, Arizona, about two hours away from Phoenix. On that weekend, my wife's brother was getting married. Carissa and Tyler have different fathers, so even though we have been together for five years in February 2019, I've never met anyone from that side of the family. During Thanksgiving dinner, for probably 40 people, I sat next to Grandma Carrie. Carrie is 82 and extremely nice. After an introduction, I decided to start a conversation. I said, I heard you live in Texas. Are you originally from there? She said, no, I'm actually from the Bermuda Islands. And she asked me, where are you from? I answered, I'm from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, followed by the question, Carrie, 
I don't know anything about the Bermuda Islands. Can you tell me more about it? How was growing up there? Her eyes shined, and she told me that Bermuda is a British territory in the North Atlantic Ocean, and it was on. By the end of the dinner, she loved me. <laughs> on the day of the wedding, we also hung out during the family pictures. Then she saved me a spot in the first row since Carissa was a bridesmaid. When the ceremony was over, I assisted her with her walker, and we went to the reception. We sat together at the dinner table. We started to build a relationship. We exchanged numbers, and even during Christmas, she surprised me with a Merry Christmas, and we continued to exchange messages here and there. That was straight up from how to win friends and influence people, so all the credit goes to Carnegie. I hardly said anything, but when I got her to talk about Bermuda, I could see the excitement on her face. What is the point here? Find what excites the other person and listen intently. And this will help during the process of building your relationships. Carnegie said, quote, To be interesting, be interested. Remember that people you are talking to are a hundred times more interested in themselves and their wants and problems than they are in you and your problem, unquote. Ouch. <laughs> Sad but true. Throughout the book, he shares tons of stories of how asking, being a good listener, and genuinely interested can lead to great opportunities. One example that I already mentioned from Kevin is his Fruity Friday restaurant show. He goes to the restaurant, he asks them about the restaurant, listens intently, let them know if they need any help with the real estate. He's there to help. He's building his relationships. Guess what? He keeps showing up every Friday for the show. For sure, at some point, the opportunities will present itself. Now, what about you? Are you committed to showing up daily and developing your relationships? Do not underestimate the power of asking and listening because you don't know what kind of opportunities are out there for you. Plus, it will help you to keep strengthening and or building your relationships. To wrap up, I want to remind you that only knowledge that is used sticks in your mind, right? So if you got inspired to become a good conversationalist or an even better conversationalist, do your best to act accordingly, ask and become a good listener. Carnegie said, quote, if you are not in the process of becoming the person you want to be, you are automatically engaged in becoming the person you don't want to be. Unquote. Oh, We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.